Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. But I'm in Habakkuk. That's in the Old Testament, by the way. Habakkuk, and that's not one that everyone reads all the time. That's not the one, that's not your go-to book for the most part, Habakkuk. I know you like it, Brother Mark. I know that for a fact. Uh, but uh, Habakkuk's given warning. <coughs> He's prophesying during the time of Josiah. We're going to be in Habakkuk chapter number 2, and we're going to be in Hebrews chapter number 10. And this will all fit in just a moment. You're going to see why I'm in both places. I'll begin reading in Habakkuk. And I'll give you a minute to find it there. It's tucked between, uh, it'd probably be as quick to go to Malachi and start going backwards. You'll come to it as quick as you did if you start in Isaiah and start going forward. But Habakkuk chapter number two, verse number two, going to read three verses and then I'm going to go to, to Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 37 and read one verse. I try to share. I didn't realize I'd preach this message or, or this, this text out of Hebrews a year ago. I didn't know till I looked at my Bible and my study. I got Bibles laying. I got a daily reading Bibles, my old preaching Bible, then a Bible I study out of on my desk. And then this is my preaching Bible. I just, I just grab it and throw the notes in it on my way out the door. But when I flipped over, I had marked, I preached this a year ago out of Hebrews. But this, it is not the same message, I assure you. Habakkuk chapter 2, if you found that, shout Amen. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. This is an important message. So when you read it, take off with it. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. It's for sharing. So when you read this thing, you, they want it, they want it to be plain on tables. That's how they wrote back in those days. Put it, it, we would say, write it in a book. He said, put it on tables. And when you get this, take off with it. Why? It's important. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Do you understand that that's all you've got today? I think we're, on, we miss, we're, it's a misconception that we're going to live a long time upon this earth in our natural state. You are not. There's a good chance that by this time next year, someone in this congregation will have gone on to eternity, whether it be heaven or hell. For the vision is for an appointed time. But at the end, this is important, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 37. <coughs> Hebrews 10, verse 37. For yet, and here's what I'm preaching on, a little while. And he that shall come 
will come and will not tarry. Father, I love you and I thank you for the day, the time, the place, the opportunity. I thank you that your goodness is running us down. And we've, got, we've been so blessed to be called yours. God, we were orphans and damned and headed to a place called hell. And the Spirit of God came by and, and, and drew us unto the Lord. Tendered our hearts, broke our spirit. We come broken to God and God answered in the affirmative and put us in the body of Christ. We're glad to be saved and on our way to heaven today. And God, if there's people in here that doubt that, I pray they, you would, they would nail that down with you today before this service is over. I pray you'd fill my mouth and guard my tongue. For Lord, I cannot do this on my own. I am unable. I am incapable. But God, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So help me today, Jesus. Let me exalt you. Praise the Lord. I pray you're pleased with what I try to do. God, just do it for yourself, Lord, and use me for a little while. Save some lost soul in here this morning. God, let them see how, how, how close it is to eternity and how urgent the matter is at hand. Help us, God, in what we do. I'll praise you for it, Father. Ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. We go back to Habakkuk briefly. This is in the time of Josiah, the last good king of the tribe of Judah. This is before Judah is taken into captivity. They're taken into captivity because of their sin. They had, the northern ten tribes had already been taken and dispersed throughout the world, and they're still in that place today. They're, they're, they're a little of everywhere. Judah at this time, Josiah being the king in Judah, and Habakkuk is prophesying to him. He says, I'm going to give you a vision. I want you to write it on tables. I want you to take it, take off running with it. That shows the urgency of the message. You take off with this thing. Share it to people. You know what they done? Nothing. God's word's perfectly preserved. We're still reading it some 26, 2700 years later. The word's perfectly preserved. We're taking that. That message is still true. You take these tables and run with it and share with them and let them know. In this day, he said, it is for an appointed time. In other words, it's coming. It's coming. Now we have a near and far prophecy in this. Understanding that in most places of scripture, when you got a prophetic message, you had a near message which is applicable to Israel or Judah or the nation, the, all the 12 tribes. You had that message and then you would have a message that looked past that mountain to the next mountain, which is the dispensation of grace where we live today. They did not understand. They could not see past the first hill. But there's another hill. There's another hill behind that hill. And that hill's the one where all the difference is going to be made. But they couldn't see that hill. Now Habakkuk, get a hold of this, and I'm not going to fight with you. 
argue, I won't fight, argue uh, or debate over the time period here. You are 600 to 650 years, somewhere in there, according to whose calendar you believe, you are in that time frame to this message coming to pass. That's going to be sooner than that for the northern, for the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. It's going to be sooner than that. The message was you better hurry. Captivity's coming. Trouble's on the rising. You're going to live by faith. You'll see it in the next verse. You're going to live by faith. Listen, they paid no attention to the message. And you know what happened? Judgment came. It came in the form of a man by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. He's a Babylonian or a Chaldean from Babylon. He comes riding in. His people come riding in. They take them all captives. You know what they done with the last king in the land of Judah? They took all his ten sons, lined his ten children up before him, and cut their heads off in front of him. There's that king. He's watching his children fall under the judgment of God. He's thinking, man, how could I not have known this? The prophet's saying, I told it to you a long time ago, but you wouldn't listen. I told you it's for an appointed time. There's a time, my friend, and in that time, we're going to make a lot of decisions. And then they poked his eyes out with a stick. They took a stick and went right in each eyeball just so the last thing he ever saw was his son's heads being cut off. Say, that's some gruesome stuff, preacher. Judgment's difficult. You better quit listening to all this pansy preaching out here that says it's all strawberry milkshakes and flowers. You better get in that book yourself. Just get in that book. You don't have to listen to the preaching. You just get in the book and read it for yourself. Say, I don't like this kind of preaching. I'm never going to leave you on this note. I'm not through yet. So here we go, the appointed time. And then, and then, we see the appointment. It turns in to he. (laughs) The vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end, it shall speak. And not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It became he. Why do you say that? Because the word was made flesh. You take this word and write it on a tablet, and the word was made flesh which this law is a picture of Christ and the word was made flesh and dwelled among us and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So it became him. He that shall come will come and he will not tarry. So what happened? Prior to Hebrews 10 and 37, here's what happened. In about B.C. 5, somewhere in there, you can add plus or minus five years on each side of that. I will not debate you over it. But in that time frame, 
there was an arrival. There was an appointment, and then there was an arrival. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, for there was no room in the inn. Why did he do that? For when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman and made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoptions of sons that put us in the family, Irvin. The appointed time, write it on a tablet, run out there and tell them. The arrival occurred. He walked upon this earth for 33 years, sinless, holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. Who is that? That'd be Jesus. They took him to the hill that nobody could see in the Old Testament, which is called Calvary. And he died on a tree on a hill called Calvary. And he shed, he didn't spill it. Spill it can infer that it was by accident. But shed was on purpose. He shed his blood on the hill, on the tree, that it would appease or he became the propitiation, the thing that was satisfying to God that for our sins. And when God saw the blood, When God saw the blood, he was satisfied. Let me tell you, friend, if that blood's never been applied to you today, you are living under the condemnation of God. But if the blood's been applied, hallelujah to the Lamb, he says satisfied. After that arrival, there was a death. Forty days after his death, there was an ascension. So here we have... Around A.D. 33, I'm giving you these numbers for reason today. Stay with me. Around A.D. 33, there's an ascension. What does that mean? That means that Jesus, who is the Godhead bodily, God's the Spirit, and the Spirit took on flesh, and the flesh is Christ, and he ascended back to the Father. Around... A.D. 33. Now, <coughs> as he's going away, he was on the Mount of Olivet. There he stands on the mount. And two men in white apparel showed up to his disciples who were standing there. Well, the last thing he done is bless them when he left. And he blessed them. And they said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing up into the heavens? This same Jesus that you see taken up from you shall so come in like manner. Hold on. When was that? A.D. 33. You can plus or minus a year on each side of that, I won't argue. Then Paul, after the ascension of Christ, Paul thinks that it's going to be within his lifetime when he comes back, and I got proof by Thessalonians when Paul said, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Paul missed it. Paul, the writer of more letters than anyone, not more words, but more letters of anyone in the New Testament. Paul, the writer, missed it. 
He thought he was leaving in his lifetime. But finally, at the end of the road, Paul said, okay, the time of my departure is at hand. In other words, I'm about to die. If you're afraid to die, you need to fix that. Now, I may not particularly care for the way I die. And I'll not get into all that stuff. But I'm going to look you right in the eyeball today and say, I am not afraid to die. Nope. <coughs> not. Well, that's crazy, preacher. No. I know whom I have believed. I'm counting on the one that got out of the grave. Bless God to get me out of the grave. I'm counting on the one that every time he walked up to a funeral, he, he, he disrupted the whole thing and got them out of the buyer. Listen, that's the one I'm depending on today. I'm not dependent on you, a Baptist, nobody else, not my kids, not my grandparents. I'm not dependent on my mom and daddy. They're already in heaven. I'm dependent on the Lord. His name is Jesus today. AD 33, we have an ascension from the Mount of Olivet. And then Paul, who thought he was coming, but he missed it, realized he's not, and Paul's about to have to go to where he is. And Paul said to Titus, to, in a letter to Titus, here's what he said, Cameron. He said, we're looking for the glorious appearing. Now, when is that? I got a big question mark on my notes. Oh, I'm pretty sure about when Habakkuk was historically, about 600 some odd years before the birth of Jesus. I'm pretty sure about the birth of Christ being right there at the turn of the century or, or the, from B.C. to A.D., year our Lord. And I'm pretty sure about 33, right in there, 34, 35, I won't fuss with you, about the ascension of the Lord Jesus, but of the appearing. I got a question mark on my notes. But you know what it is? Matthew, it's just a little while. It's just a little while. Now you watch this, and I'll be real quick, and I'll be done. You watch this. You know what we have in that little while? Number one, we have a little while to learn. You don't have a long time to learn. Some people may have been presented the gospel one or two times, Dustin. We don't know. Some, some, the th let's go. The thief on the cross one time. He's looking at Jesus one time. He's got one chance. He didn't have a bunch of other chances, or he might have prior to that, but this is his last chance for sure. He's looking at Jesus. And something speaks to a man about a dying man. <laughs> and he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Just a little while. You've got a little while to learn. In Deuteronomy, I found this interesting. I'm big on first mention. I got that from my friend Cal Ray, Dr. Cal Ray, by the way. I'm big on first mentions in the Bible. Because I've, I've studied that out and he's accurate in this description that most times it follows that thought throughout the entire word of God unless expressly shown to not go down that. 
for it to not mean that specific thing. It is in that context that you find it. In Deuteronomy, here's what we find. The first mention of learn is in Deuteronomy. Five times in the book of Deuteronomy, which is the last, it's the the recording of the law Moses is giving to the children of Israel before he departs and before they go into the promised land. Five times in the book of Deuteronomy, here's what it says about learn. Learn to fear the Lord. Of all the things he could ask them to learn to do, the number one thing, first time you'll find learn in the Bible, the word learn says learn to fear the Lord. You know what's lost in the world today? The fear of the Lord. There's no fear of the Lord. There's no fear of the Lord. Anything goes in the mind of man, and if you're contrary to what they say goes, and I'm contrary to most because I try to follow that blessed old writ right there, and I'm telling you, I found it's contrary to the flesh from start to finish. And anything that goes in the world, it's contrary to that book, and they don't like it. And they won't like you. They hate Tony Dungy this morning. We need to get on Facebook and flood it with two thumbs up for Tony Dungy. You say, I don't know who he is. He's a former professional football coach who said in a speech at a pro-life rally that we ought to pray. When the boy fell out on the field the other day, and they, everybody wanted to pray then. Tony Dungy said, we ought to pray for the unborn that's living just like they were praying for the man dying on the field and they want him fired from NBC and they want to take away, they won't want him to have any voice anymore. You know why? It got in their cabbage patch, that's why. It's all right for them to say it, but we better not say it. It tears them up. You know why? Conviction comes to their house. You're crazy, preacher. I'm not in a popularity contest. What are you saying? I'm saying there's no fear of God. When the Bible said thou shalt not kill, they don't consider killing a baby in the womb any big deal. Just kill it. Snip it in pieces and pull it out. They'll say they're Christians. The fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. Jesus said this, come unto me, y'all ye that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You learn of me. You learn of me. That's what he said to do. Learn about me. Learn of me. Take my yoke and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden's light. You'll find rest for your soul. If you learn of me, you know how long you've got to learn? Just a little while. Well, say, well, you're talking about ages. Preacher, you're talking about 2,600 years. That's not a little while. It is to God. Second Peter 3 and 8 says it like this, that a year or, or a, a thousand years is with the Lord as a day, and a day is a thousand years. So if we say that a thousand years is as one day 
with the Lord, Brother Mark. You know what that means? That in 626, 6-whatever, B.C., when Habakkuk wrote that, you know what that meant? That's about a half a day till Jesus comes. You know what a half a day is? Just a little while. Do you know what 2,600 and something years is to the Lord? You say you're talking about just a little while. That's just a little while. That's two and a half days. Does it seem like only yesterday, Urban, you was 25 years old? It's just been a little while. What is your life? It's but a vapor that appeareth for a little time, vanishes away. I remember when all these girls right here was little bitty girls, little bitty babies, running around just like these kids up here this morning. I remember. When it's running around putting money in the box. <coughs> Seems like yesterday. Just a little while. You blink. You'll be walking down the aisle with that. We got a little while to learn. We got a little while to live. Just a little while to live. I've learned a few things in the last month. God's taught me some things. He's still teaching me. You might be here next week. You might not. If you're going to do something, you better do it now because you just got a little while. Just a little while. So oh, I've got all my life. No, you don't. You've only got the appointed time. What you're going to do, you better do it right now. That's why Paul said it like this, now is the appointed time. Today's the day of salvation and now is the appointed time. Why now? Because you don't have after a while. We all assume that. Randy nailed it. We make plans. We got agendas. I've got a full calendar for the year of 23. I've already canceled two meetings back in December. I thought I'd be in Tampa in January and headed to South Mississippi first week of February. That's a good place to be in the first week of February. It's about 60 degrees down there. The oysters are good. They can cook seafood. Man, they'll feed you like a starved hound. It's a good place to be in South Mississippi. I'm not going to make it. Things changed. We're making plans. Nothing wrong with making plans. Where there's no vision, the people perish. We need to have a plan. We need to have goals. Listen, our life's just a little while. You just live a little while here. Yeah. How long do you think you're going to live? That's what most of us think. I'm going to kick off about 90, 95. I'll be in my own bedroom. They'll be pumping me full of drugs. I won't even know I'm hurting. I'll just bliss off to sleep and float on into glory. And then you get in a head-on automobile collision going down the interstate and lose a limb and maybe a family member. And everything in life changes in a moment. In a moment, everything's changed. Oh, I wasn't planning on this. That's exactly right. 
we got a little while to learn and we got a little while to live and we got a little while to leave. We're leaving. You may not think you're leaving, but you're leaving. Watch this. You know what? And people are under the, the, the they have the, 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 they have this thought. I speak to a lot of people. They have this thought, Dustin. Well, I'm telling you, they just can't make it without me. Can I tell you something? I hate to burst your bubble. They'll make it just fine without you. This world will just keep on going, and in just a short period of time, they'll forget you as even here. Now, you may have some family members, people that loved you, cared about you, and they'll think about you, look through pictures, reminisce, miss you. But in the big picture, Washington, D.C., the only thing they'll be sad about is you're not paying Social Security into them so they can give it to somebody else. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to discourage all my young people. You get right with God and live every day like you're leaving today. Just get right with God and say, I may be leaving this afternoon. But plan like you're going to live for another hundred years. But we're foolish to think we're not going to leave. At best, Randy, Randy's healing from the hand of God. At best, temporary. <clears throat> I'm going somewhere right here to disrupt somebody's thought process. But if Hezekiah knew that his son Isaac, Manasseh was going to turn into the barbarian he turned into, he might have went ahead and went to glory and saved a whole bunch of people from dying by the hand of, babies, by the way, by the hand of Manasseh. Are you ready to leave? I think if I don't use my brother's death in messages across America this year that I'm not following the will of God. I've put, I've, I, and I used something the other night and had no intention of using that. The other night, some of you were over to revival. Had no intention of using that, but it just seemed like the Holy Ghost impressed upon me to tell him how Trent was found. Six people in a matter of minutes left this world. Now the best thing that I've seen out of this is people have been saved because of it. People I don't even know. I don't even know them and they've gotten saved because of this. And my brother, I knew him as good as anybody living. I, I believe I knew him better than his wife knew him. I'd known him longer. And he'd been my little brother all his life. And he introduced me as, this is my big brother. That's how he introduced me. Or older. Sometimes he'd say, this is my older brother. 
Kevin, for the most part, I'd watched over that boy all his life, took care of him. If he needed something, he called me. And he knew, he knew that I wasn't going to turn him down. He'd count on me. But there come a night when I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't do one solitary thing, Richard. But there's not a doubt in my mind, Mike Reamer, God had an appointed time. And for some reason that I may never know, God said, I'm not just going to take you. I'm going to take them all but Jude at one time. And I'm going to leave you there. Trent and I had been fishing, and you know what he said? We talked about this kind of stuff all the time. He said, I wonder which one of us kids will go first. I said, well, son, it'll be me. I said, I'm the old guy. I've preached myself till ain't nothing left. I said, surely to goodness, the Lord's going to take me. He said, I don't know. He said, you know, mama was in the middle when he took her. I said, well, it might be Teresa or Sherry. He said, ah, it don't matter. Didn't matter to him, mattered to me. In a little while. In 55 years of living. A little while. You got time to learn. You know what I'm trying to convey to you this morning? Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. You must be born again. Without Christ, no one will see God. And listen, unless the blood's been applied, unless you've sought him as Lord and Savior of your life, you're living under the condemnation of Almighty God. And I let all Holly Weird and all them people out there scoff and make fun all they want to, but here's the thing that I'll look them right in the eyeball and say, I'll die better than you because I've got him and you don't. And you will die. We got just a little while to learn that. Train up a child in the way that should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Train them up, train them up. Colin Boy asked me for stories. He says, Tell me Jesus' stories, Pa. Praise God, I'm pumping it in him. I'm pumping it in him. I'm telling him about Jesus. You just got a little while to learn. This could be your last service today. You may never get another opportunity. I'm trying my best to inform you today that you must be born again. According to that book. And even when we get saved, we don't have long to live. You don't have long. Compared to eternity, if a thousand years is as a day with the Lord, how long we think that is? Look, friend. It's very little. 
Just a little while to live. Better do what you're going to do now. You're going to shout, testify? Because in just a little while you'll leave. You don't have to be old to leave here. There's a little girl up in Kentucky. Pat, she was in Kentucky, right? The little preacher's girl. 14 years old. Something happened. Beautiful, blonde-headed girl. <clears throat> Just a great child. A godly child. And there's posting her funeral arrangements the other day on Facebook. Asking us to pray for the family. This is kind of hard stuff right here, preacher. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I'd have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You know what that is? That's homegoing day. That's reunion day. That's the first time I'll look up on his face. As I was praying, Verena's come to the piano. As I was praying, I'm thinking, I'm thinking just, just yesterday in meditation and prayer, I'm thinking this. The Lord, the Lord in all his righteousness. I said somewhere, Lord, I just talked to him. I just say, Lord, it's just old Mike here again today. Would you listen to me for just a little while? I'm coming to the rock that's higher than I am. I just need to talk to you for a little while, Lord. Would you listen to me? You know what I find, Brother Trav? Here's what I find. I find he says, what is it that you need? I'll listen to you. Yeah, but God, you're the king of glory. You made everything I see. You made me, made our family, made our home, made our church, made the world. All the earth is yours and the fullness thereof. And yet in all of that, I'll talk to you. I'll listen to you. What do you need today? Lord, in all your splendor and all the people sitting out there, is there a place out there reserved for us, Lord? Is the family gathered out there somewhere nearby? Can we all see you at the same time? Maybe you're exalted in that high place. You're exalted. You're up high. And the shadow of the Almighty falls across the, the multitudes of millions that's died in Christ. And there they are. And he's high and lifted up. Praise the Lord. There they are. And this little group over here. Here's all the McCoys and the Ledbetters all gathered up, the ones waiting on us. And some got here just the other day. Praise God. Some's on the way. Some, some more's coming. When they coming? We don't know, Lord. We don't know. Hey, it's just a little while, though. It's just a little while. Please don't.
You ready? You ready? Now I'm just going to wait. How long are you going to wait? How long are you going to wait? How long, how long you think God ought to give you? You think he ought to give you another five or ten years or eight or ten more chances? How many more times do you think God ought to say, okay, I'm going to give him another chance? Because ultimately what we're saying is we don't believe you, Lord. He said, I'm telling you, judgment's coming for them. Don't take me. Don't take my son. Judgment's coming. Just like I told Zedekiah in Habakkuk, the prophet told him the story. Take it and run with it. Show it to them. It's appointed time. Yeah, but that time's not for me. It's for somebody else. We stand our feet by our heads. You're not sure you're ready to meet God? I would. I would that you'd come now. Now. Not later. Not later. Now. I'm coming now. I'm going to come right now. I'm going to come now. I'm going to settle this thing. I'm going to pray. I'm coming now. Maybe you're coming to pray for somebody. I'm coming now. I'm not waiting. I'm praying now. Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? She and I talked a long time on the phone yesterday. She knows exactly why she's here. Someone else coming? Many have come. Many's coming just to pray. I'm not, I know in particular because I spoke with them, but maybe you're the other one that needs to come this morning. God's, you hear that? Somebody knocking on your heart's door. You know, you know God spoke to you through this message today. And he's saying, come. He's saying, come, come now. How much, how much time I got? Got just a little while. Just a little while. Are you coming today? Are you coming today? Others need to come? I'm coming now. some help from the Lord. I'm not sure. Hey, I need to make sure today I'm coming now. How long I got? Just a little while. Just a little while. I don't have a long time. I'm coming now. (coughs) Young person, you come and sit through these services week after week after week with mom and dad 
and just just let it just let it roll just let it roll just let it roll I got another day I got another day you got just a little while just a little while Marcus come get this up Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.